tonight. And turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. You didn't get a chance to tune in to Christian Growth Center last night and hope I say that Pueblo, Colorado. I can't say it right. Pastor preached an awesome message and they're having a good time getting refreshed on their vacation. The stenders are down in Florida. I hate them. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. We'll be there in a couple weeks. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But pray for them that they have been in safe travels everywhere they go, that God's hand would be upon them and would direct them and lead them. You don't have to be in Huntington for God to use you to minister. Amen. Let's pray that God would use them in a mighty way and send them to a great apostolic church wherever they find them. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same. Everybody say the same. Say it again. The same. Yesterday and today and forever. You can be seated. The writer of Hebrews boldly proclaims that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to stop and dwell on that for a moment. Jesus is the same as He always was. He has not changed. Jesus is just as real tonight as He ever was. He is just as powerful tonight as he ever was. He can do anything tonight that he could ever do in the past. There is nothing that is impossible with him. He is still able to meet every need as he ever was. He's still just as ready to heal your body, to mend broken hearts to bring peace to the stormy seas as he ever was. He's still the same. I've come tonight with the simplest of thought tonight 
and I want to preach this same Jesus. This same Jesus. Let's pray. God, move over this house right now. You are so very faithful to us. You are mighty. You are holy. God, you do exactly what you want to do tonight in this place. God, I know that there are things that you desire to do. I pray that the spirits, the hearts, the minds would be open for you to work, to have your way, to work as you desire to work, God. For you are the same as you always have been, God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, we desire you tonight. Have your way, God. Do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Shout unto him, thank you, Jesus. Amen. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, when the disciples were standing there gazing into the heavens after Jesus was taken from them, they heard two angels speak to them and say, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus. A lot of things have changed between then and now. Thousands of years have passed by. Kingdoms have changed. Times have changed. Society has changed. Governments have changed. But Jesus has not changed. He is still the same. Somebody in this place tonight, you need to believe it tonight, that it is still the same Jesus. Come on. I know it's a simple thought tonight, but Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. He's the God who spoke everything that is into existence by the power of His Word alone. His Word was all it took to form the galaxies, to birth the universes, to array the heavens in all its splendor and adorn the earth with all her wonders. Pastor today sent me a text of the mountains in Colorado and Pikes Peak, and all the wonders that God created just in the spoken word. He spoke the word, and it was done. He has not changed. He's still the same as he was. Everyone that was made, everything, I'm sorry, everything that was made was made by him. And in him we live and move and have our very being. He has all power in heaven and in earth. By the power of His Word, He determined to take a simple, humble nomad from a place called Ur and make this man whom had no children become the father of a multitude. He is the God of the impossible. He opened Sarah's barren womb and brought life out of death. He is the God who produced hope 
where there was only despair. He is a God that turned weeping into rejoicing. He has not changed. By the power of His promise, He multiplied His people during 400 years of oppression. And though they marched into Egypt with 70 some odd souls, they marched out of Egypt a mighty nation numbering in the millions. He turned their hardships into blessings. He turned their trials into testimonies. And I want somebody in this house tonight to know He has not changed. He's the same Jesus that is in this house tonight as the same Jesus you read about in the Old Testament. The same Jesus you read about in the Gospels. He is the same God, Jesus Christ. He's the God that spoke from the burning bush who called Moses from the backside of a desert And when Moses questioned him and said, Whoa, wait a minute, God. You've got the wrong one. You've got the wrong guy. I'm not the guy you're looking for. He is the God who simply asked Moses, What do you have in your hand? Moses said, It's just my rod. That's all I've got. It's an old, weathered, beaten stick. It's not worth anything. Really. In a way, he was describing himself. He didn't think he was able to talk or to do anything supernatural. He was just on the backside of a desert watching sheep with an old beaten stick. God said, throw it down. That same Jesus that's in the house tonight caused that stick to turn in to a serpent before Moses' very eyes. What was he saying to Moses? He's saying, I'm not so concerned about what you can or cannot do. I'm not concerned about your talents or lack thereof. I just want you to know if you give me what you have, because if you're willing to let go of your crutch, Moses, if you're willing to surrender your staff to me, I can work miracles. I can do anything. And when he was done with the staff, he struck Moses' hand with leprosy and then he healed it. Then he promised, if that's not enough, I'll do whatever it takes because I am God. I want you to know tonight that that same Jesus is in this house tonight. It doesn't matter what your need is. It doesn't matter what you have concern of. It doesn't matter about the worry in your mind. It doesn't matter the circumstance that's going on in your life right now. That same Jesus is in this house tonight. If you'll just surrender your crutch, if you'll just get past all your excuses tonight, if you'll throw down all the reasons why God can't use you, He'll take your very crutch and He'll turn it into a miracle. He took the voice of Moses and made Him the demanding mouthpiece of the Almighty God. And that same Jesus is here tonight. 
He's the one who sent the plagues on Egypt, who humbled the mightiest of nation in the world on behalf of his people. He's the only one who caused a nation of slaves to plunder the wealthiest nation on this planet as they waltz from captivity to liberty. He's the one who parted the Red Sea, who buried Pharaoh and all his armies underneath the amassed wall of water. He's the one who turned the bitter, bitter springs sweet, caused manna to fall from heaven and made water flow from a rock. The same Jesus that's in the house tonight. He's the one who brought down the walls of Jericho and who made the sun and the moon stand still long enough for His people to have victory. I could go on and on tonight, but I want you to understand tonight is that He has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same. Everybody say the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. That same Jesus is here tonight. He is the God of both Testaments. The Ancient of Days was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger in Bethlehem. Angels sang, shepherds rejoiced, wise men journeyed from afar just to see Him. That same Jesus is in the house tonight. He astounded the doctors and the lawyers at the temple when He was only 12 years old. He turned the water into wine at the wedding of the Feast of Canaan. He is the one who opened the blinded eyes, who unstopped the deaf ears, who caused the lame to leap. He's the one who stopped the funeral procession and caused the dead to live again. He is the same today as He ever was. Come on, you got to get this tonight. It don't matter what your need is. He can take care of it right now. He's the same Jesus. He's the same Jesus. I don't know what you need tonight. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know the circumstance that's going on and the struggle in your life, but I do know who your God is. This same Jesus that caused Peter to walk on the water. That same Jesus that fed the 5,000. That same Jesus that spoke to the storm and said, Peace, be still. That same Jesus is in the house tonight. We need a revival. Come on, are you tired of all the empty chairs? Come on. Be honest with yourself. We need a refreshing to fall upon CLT. We need a revival in the city of Huntington. We need people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We want to see them speak in other tongues as God gives the utterance. We want to see the Guatemalans and the Mexican culture filling these altars speaking in other tongues. We want the multicultural. We need an anointed visitation of the Almighty in this place. There's too many people that are dying and going to hell. 
around us for the church to be having business as normal. There are too many lost, too many bound, too many hurting, too many desperate souls at your job, on your block, in your family. The world desperately needs the delivering power of God to move upon them. You just read the news this morning. God needs to work. God needs to move. The world needs an answer. They need a source of hope. They need a safe haven. They need a shelter in their storm. We are the church. We are the rock in the middle of the stormy sea of life. The ark of safety in the middle of troubled times. That one sure thing, that nail in a sure place that folks can hang on to when everything else is falling apart. The church. We are the church of the living God. The body of Jesus Christ on this earth. Come on, He didn't just select you to fill you with the Holy Ghost so many years ago. Just to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wanted you to be a part of a body of believers. He wanted you to be the church to reach the lost. He wanted you to get revelation that He's still the same Jesus. This same Jesus. Let me tell you what we need tonight. We need more of Jesus. We need to get our focus on Him. We need to make room for Him. Everybody say, you need to make room. I need to make room for Him to work. Because He's the answer. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need His power. We need His anointing. We need His presence. We need Him to flow through this place. We need Him to energize the body. We need to energize the church. We need Him to absolutely take over everything from our worship service to our altar service. We need God. We need Jesus to move in this house. Because He has not changed. That same Jesus that took a few men and women and turned the world upside down. That same Jesus who brought the might of the Roman Empire to her knees. That same Jesus who emboldened His anointed to stand before rulers and principalities without fear and trembling. He has not changed. He's still the same. We need to get rid of carnality and get more of Jesus. We need to get rid of ego and get a little bit more of Jesus. We need to get rid of our self-righteousness and get a little bit of more Jesus. We need to shut out all the worldly distractions that rob us of our time, rob us of our energy long enough to have a genuine encounter with Jesus. He's more than enough to meet your need. He's more than enough to overcome every obstacle. He's more than enough 
to overcome every circumstance that you're going through right now. You see, Jesus has never met a city that he can't have revival in. He's never encountered a culture that he couldn't transform by the power of his word. He's never found a single sinner that he couldn't redeem by the power of his own blood. He's big enough. He's powerful enough. He's wise enough. He's God enough. We need a little more Jesus. This same Jesus that can raise up a church out of a city in Jerusalem. If they can have revival in Jerusalem, we can have revival anywhere. If there was ever a burnt over field, it was Jerusalem. If there was ever a people that was hard-hearted, that were skeptical, that were cynical, that were certain already, that they already had the answer, that they had abandoned every pretense of serving God, it was Jerusalem. If they had revival there, we can have revival anywhere. All we need is a little bit more Jesus. Come on, somebody. We need the working of His power. We need the manifestation of His Spirit. We need to do, we need Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. We live in an age of immorality and ungodliness and wickedness that a young man could walk into an elementary school and kill 18, 19 children. That's wicked, folks. That is so very wicked. But Jesus has not changed. The body of Christ has not changed. Our focus has got to be ever so bit more on Jesus. The distractions of the world, the wickedness of the world, it didn't, it didn't take God by surprise, the immorality and the ungodliness. God created a church. He filled you with the Holy Ghost for such a time as this. He's the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. And He's in you. And He's wanting to do a work through you, for you. But if we ain't careful, we'll look at the society around us and become convinced that it's impossible to have revival in this kind of atmosphere. They're too far gone. They don't want to hear about it. Well, we'll just have our four and no more and we'll worship our Jesus together. We'll have our little church and we'll sing our little song and we'll preach our little message and we'll get all excited and then we'll go home. If we're not careful... We're going to convince ourselves that's an impossible task to have revival in a world like this. I need you to understand something tonight. 
There's nothing that could be further from the truth. They need revival now more than ever. We don't need a better environment. We, we don't need a more open door. What we need is more of Jesus. What we need is for Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, to fill this house with His glory, to move in this church in His power. We only need for Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. When Paul went into Corinth, it was celebrated as being the seat of immorality. And I'm not going to go in detail because it's very sick and perverted, the immorality that would take place in Corinth when Paul came into town. It was a city of drunkenness, lewdness, and every kind of carnal vice imaginable. It was so bad that in the Greek language, to call somebody a Corinthian was to insinuate they were depraved, drunken, and a pleasure seeker. The name of that city was used as a byword to describe the wickedness and ungodliness and godlessness that took place in a person's life. But Paul went there and built a church. Paul had revival in that desolate field named Corinth. A mighty New Testament church was established in that depraved city. How did he do it? Paul wrote to the Corinthians in our text tonight and said, when I came to you, I didn't come with enticing words of wisdom. I just came with the testimony of God. I just came with the knowledge of who Jesus is. He said, I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I don't know how you build a church in the very gates of hell. I don't know how you have revival in this kind of culture, but one thing I do know is that Jesus has not changed. And if Jesus can establish a church in Jerusalem, Jesus can build a church in Corinth. I don't need to know anything else. I just need to know a little bit more Jesus. The key to revival isn't going to be found in some program that we start somewhere in our city or here at the church. The key to revival won't come from some new way of doing things. The key to revival is the presence and power of Jesus. Paul said, I just came with the testimony of God. 
that scripture up there again. Go up. Uh, uh, yeah, right there. That's fine. I came to you not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. If we make up our minds that we want to have more of a move of God in Huntington, then all we need is a little bit more of Jesus. If we want God to move and do the miraculous, Paul, he just needed Jesus. He already knew the depravity of the city that he was walking into. He came in with a testimony. He came in with the knowledge of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He just needed the miracle worker. He just needed the deliverer. He just needed the way maker. He just needed the problem solver. He needed the answer to every situation. The one who can do anything that needs to be done. Jesus Christ, the Savior. That's what our world needs. They just need Jesus. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, Paul was well educated. He said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech and wisdom. He said, I could do that. Paul could speak seven different languages, is what they say. He was probably one of the most educated men of his era. He was a scholar of the highest order. He could argue with the best. He knew what to say and when to say it. He was trained at the feet of the finest. He was a master of the Scripture, an unmatched wordsmith, an extremely skilled debater. But he said, when I came into Corinth, when I got ready to have revival in a culture where everyone said revival was impossible, when they said the days of big revivals were over, when they said that people don't want what the church has anymore, he said, I didn't preach with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't try to win the philosophical debate. I just pray, preached in a demonstration of the Spirit and power. That's what we need tonight in the city of Huntington. That's what we need in the church tonight. The same Jesus that turned Corinth upside down can turn Huntington upside down. That same Jesus that delivered the bound and the oppressed in Corinth can deliver the bound and oppressed here. That same Jesus that healed the wounded spirit and mended the broken heart. That same Jesus that set the captives free. He's in this place and He can do it here like He did it there. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He hasn't changed. The 
same Jesus. This same Jesus. God, Jehovah of the Old Testament. The sacrificial lamb of the New Testament. He is the comforter, the Holy Ghost, which is poured out upon the church. The same Jesus that Paul had. That same Jesus that we have. The Spirit-filled church. You see, the fuel that the church runs on isn't going to cost $6 a gallon this summer. It was free. The fuel of the church runs on the Holy Ghost. You can't fill it up with intellect and it run right. You can't fill it up with talent and it run right. You can't fill it up with man's ideas and it run right. You can't fill it up with philosophies and pop psychology and it run right. It can't fill up with carnal abilities and it run right. It's not about the style of music. Or who's playing the music. It ain't about who sings or who doesn't sing. It's not about a service format. It's not about the energy of a worship leader. It's not about how good the preacher preaches. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the power of the Holy Ghost. This same Jesus. If the church it's supposed to do what it's supposed to do. It has to be full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Not just filled with the Holy Ghost. That's easy. But are we going to work in power, in demonstration, not enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of power. The same Jesus. If the church is going to impact this city, then each and every person in this church has to be spirit-filled and spirit-led in demonstration of spirit. God wants to give us a harvest of souls that we've got to get ourselves out of the way first. We need a little more Jesus and a whole lot less of us. Not about what we can do or what we can't do. Notice Moses just had a measly, old, weathered stick. He wasn't anybody. See, the church is a spiritual entity. It's the body 
of Christ in this world. We're not of this world. We're in this world. Our home is in another place. We are the physical extension of Jesus Christ in this present hour. And we can't be what we're supposed to be when our lives are full of everything else but Jesus. We can't do what we've been called to do when our lives are wrapped up in every other pursuit and distraction in life until there's a little bit more room left for Jesus. A Jesus-filled in demonstration church is an unstoppable church. But a carnal church is twice dead and plucked up by the roots. This isn't a religious club. This isn't a social entity. It's a spirit-filled demonstration of power, body of Christ. This is the church. And what we need more than anything else is a whole lot more Jesus and a whole lot less of our carnal way of seeing things. We need to look into the supernatural. We need to see what He wants to do. The individuals He wants to fill. The cultures that He wants to draw. We need that pole of Jesus. That compelling force of the supernatural to draw, to pull, to push. of Israel returned to Babylon and found their temple in ruins, their holy city destroyed. God laid the task of rebuilding the temple on the shoulders of a leader named Zerubbabel. But as he began to try to accomplish the task that God had asked of him, he got a little bit more than overwhelmed. There weren't enough men to do the job. There wasn't enough finances to get it done. There weren't enough resources among this humble remnant of Israel. To Zerubbabel, it seemed as if God laid on him an impossible task. You can read about it. But God sent an angel to encourage Zerubbabel, telling him that even though the task seemed impossible, even though it looked like it could never be finished, God was going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. These are the words of that angel as recorded in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto him, saying, This is the word of the Lord under Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power, 
but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You need to let that ring in your ears. Not by my might, not by my power, but by His Spirit. Not by my might, not by my power, but by His Spirit. It's going to happen. It's going to get done. Not by human power, not by worldly wisdom, not by carnal ability, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. It was true then. And it's true now. If the Word of God will be done, it'll be done by, by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord that is in you. We need a little bit more of Jesus. This same Jesus. We need to stop tonight and realize the power that is in this house. We're so caught up in the earthly because this is what we live in. We see beginning. We see ending every day. We see society for the way it is. We see the wickedness and the depravity and the horrors. We need to open up our eyes and see things as they are. We need to put on these spiritual glasses and we need to see the power that is sitting in this house right now. This dynamic power that is in this place, that is sitting in these seats, that is standing on this platform, the power that's in the sound booth, that is residing in this room, the Spirit of God that is moving right now, the Spirit of God that is pressing upon you and speaking to you as you sit here and hear the Word preached. That same Jesus is here. That same Jesus is working in this place right now. This same Jesus can and will work through us if we will let Him. Musicians, come. You've got to get this tonight. Luke's Gospel is a story of Jesus. In its pages, records the birth, the life, the ministry, the resurrection, and the accession of Jesus. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ. When Luke wrote it, he addressed it to a man named Theopolis. When Luke wrote the second volume, the book of Acts, he also addressed it to Theopolis and began the book of Acts with these words. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. With those words, Luke declared that the record of the gospel 
of Luke was just the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. When he began his earthly ministry, it continued into the book of Acts. When the final page of the book of Luke is finished, the cover slams shut and the ministry of Jesus was just beginning. Hear me tonight. Jesus is just as real, just as powerful, and just as prominent in the book of Acts as He was in the Gospel of Luke. You can't always see Him. You can't reach out and touch Him. But He's just as real in Acts as He was in Luke. All through the testimony of the church. Jesus was working. He was healing the sick. He was setting the captives free. He was making the deaf to hear. He was causing the lame to leap and the mute to rejoice at the presence of God. Jesus Christ is the comforter that came to the church. He is the Spirit of God that was poured out in His name. He's still present, still on the scene, still working through His church in the book of Acts. Here's the point. And I'm closing with this. The book of Acts has no amen at the end. It's the history of the church. And it's the only book in the Bible with no conclusion. Jesus is still working. Come on now. you got to get this right now. The book of Acts never ended. There was no the end. There was no amen. There was no conclusion. The blinded eyes opened. The dead raised. The lame walk again. The devil's cast out. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still ministering through His church. This same Jesus. You see, Jesus wasn't finished then. And He's not finished now. He's not here in the flesh but He's here in the Spirit. It's time as we stand to see what Jesus wants to do tonight. He's the same. He hasn't changed. He's still working. You need to let faith rise up in your heart and say within your spirit, He can. He can. He still does. He will tonight. It's not complicated, church, to have revival. It's already here. He's already working. He's already wanted to do a work through this church. It hasn't stopped. You just got to get past everything that's in the way of Jesus. You need to get it out of the way and let Jesus do His thing.
lyrics don't have to be perfect. The music doesn't have to be on key. The sound system doesn't have to work perfectly. We just need Jesus. And if we have Jesus, we can have revival. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We need a demonstration of His Spirit in our lives. I'm calling the church tonight to the altar. God wants to move in this house upon the body. That same Jesus that opened blinded eyes is here tonight. He wants to show Himself mighty. He wants to show Himself powerful in this house. If you need the Holy Ghost, you need to come tonight. And He wants to show Himself real to you. But the first thing that needs to happen tonight, you need to empty yourself of all that stuff that stands between you and Jesus. Come on. Come on. Reach out to Him. Call out to Him. Get all that stuff out of the way. Get it out of the way. Tell Him. I'm moving it. I'm pushing it. I'm holding up the dumpster. I'm piling it up like a bunch of garbage. I'm pulling it up. 